0: To horror struck, my name is Cecilia Tolbert.
1: I'm Ghostface. No, I'm Riley Ott.
0: Uh, today we're talking about the new Scream 6. Hooray!
1: Hooray!
0: I can't believe how quickly this movie came out.
1: I need to check, and I'm going to right now. When did Scream?
0: It came out last year at the same time, except I think Scream 5 came out three weeks earlier, so essentially they came out around the same time.
1: Yeah, because the last Scream, Scream 5, kind of, came out in January. And I, I don't understand how they made this one so quickly. They must have started the second after they ended production of Scream 5.
0: Yeah, my guess is that, because the same creative team is back for this movie. So my thought is they probably had an idea for the trilogy already. Maybe it was a little easier to get off the ground. I kind of wish... I mean, I'm glad we have it, but I kind of wish they would have released this around Halloween because this is a Halloween movie for sure.
1: Literally. It is set <laughs> it takes place on, on Halloween, Halloween. And I completely agree with that. But yeah, the, the Radio Silence gang is back again with Scream 6. And up front, I do want to say, I am very frustrated with them for the way that they have numbered the movies in this franchise. Because last year, and I understand why they did it, it's a requel, it wasn't technically the fifth Scream, except technically it was the fifth Scream. But now we've uh, dipped into Roman numerals for no reason whatsoever. So what the hell are you doing? Get it together.
0: My guess is that was a studio mandate um, that they named Scream 5 just Scream. And they're probably trying to get it back to like, you know, our audience isn't dumb. They know it's the fifth scream. Can we please make this scream six, please? And I think the only reason it's Roman numerals is because of the graphic just works. So yeah, it does
1: work really well with the title card and the like M becomes the, you know, you guys have all seen it.
0: Yeah, so we'll do a quick spoiler free chit chat since this is our only movie we're covering and then we'll jump into full spoilers so or i guess we should start the way we start every review how was your movie theater experience
1: my movie theater experience what a great question
0: um thank
1: you it was fine <laughs> it, uh, i saw this movie i think it came out last week i saw it at like the earliest showing opening night it was relatively crowded it wasn't too crazy there were, you know, a couple reactions to some fan servicey things. And that was really it. Overall, it was fine. Not too exciting. How was yours?
0: Mine was about the same. Well, it was a weird vibe. Like, because my oh. theater was, was fairly full. And there were some people who were, like, really into the movie. And there were some people who, like, weren't reacting at all. And the people behind me for half of the movie... They were talking, I couldn't hear what they were saying, but I could hear them, like, silently, not silently, um, quietly whispering for the first half of the movie. And I was like, what the fuck are they even talking about? I, j- just watch the movie.
1: Maybe they were speculating. They were coming up with theories. They were deciding who the ghost face was. Maybe. We should have asked them and interviewed um, them for this section of the review.
0: And like always, we just talked about this. There was a... <laughs> I don't know, like a five-year-old, a six-year-old in my movie theater, which I always just think is so strange when they go to a movie that, especially if you've seen The Fifth Scream, these movies are, and they've never not been violent and bloody, but like this one is, these new franchise movies are like very intensely violent. And so I find it very strange when people bring children. And I, I don't care as long as they're quiet, but this kid halfway through started like screaming like crying and i was like oh my god
1: yeah it's traumatizing I actually i asked my mom if she wanted to go with me because you know she doesn't like horror movies but the scream movies aren't necessarily like super scary yeah and she said no courtney cox was on ryan and kelly and she said it's the most graphic one they've ever done so i'm not going
0: yeah there's a lot of uh stabbing in this movie and other violence um They've definitely ratcheted up the, the violence and the blood from, like, the original trilogy. I guess. <laughs> I mean, it is more. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk more about the specific, like, kills and violence because there is something in particular that I, I just think is so funny. Um, but we'll talk about it in the spoiler zone. Um, I guess we could talk about it now. I mean, it's not a secret that, well, no.
1: That people die in a that, slasher movie. Well, that yeah. people
0: get stabbed a lot. Um, But if I talk more specifically about that it's definitely going to spoil the movie. So, we'll talk about that in a spoiler territory.
1: I do want to say and not in terms of any specific death or person dying, I found these kills to not be super memorable. And that's all I'm going to say about that.
0: There were a handful that I was like, cool. There's a lot of good set pieces in this movie. Oh, for
1: sure. Um,
0: That makes me really excited to see, obviously, they're going to do another one. How they even kind of go from from this one to the next one. Because if they're going to keep building, I can only imagine.
1: I, I do like, just speaking of that, the, the setting change. I feel like it made this movie a lot less claustrophobic than the last one. Because they are in New York City now they've gone off to college similar to Scream 2 and it kind of opens things up a bit I guess they they use a lot of like what you would imagine in New York like they're in a bodega at one point they're in the subway at another and I think that's very fun
0: I like the setting change I've seen a lot of people compare this movie as like a mirror to the second movie because in the second movie they're also off at college so and they're Kind of, I think they're technically outside of Woodsboro when they're in college. I can't remember where they are.
1: I would need to rewatch it, but I'm like 75% sure that they go off to college somewhere in Ohio, don't they?
0: Or am I crazy and that's
1: where they filmed it? Someone let me know.
0: Yeah, I like the setting change. I think New York City works really well, and I think they do use the setting. It's not just like we're just going to put it in New York City and things are going to happen. They use the city as part of the like the plot in a lot of the really cool set pieces. So I think it works really well. I think it's filmed really well. I I think there's a lot of good tension in these big set piece kills or like attacks. I like that we got to spend more time with what we're now calling the core four. <sighs> there there is there is, I, I like that they are doing more with it, but I do think the, the two main characters of this movie are Sam and Tara, and I like their dynamic as sisters. I'm liking Sam more. I thought Sam's character could have been written better in the last movie, and I like what they're doing with her character, even though I, I am interested to see where she ends up in Seven. So, oh, is that a spoiler?
1: I don't think so, because she's the new Sydney.
0: Yeah, she's the new Sydney, um, which that'll lead us. Would you like to comment on the characters before I talk about Nev Campbell?
1: You know what? I would. And I sighed a little when you said the core four, not because I have anything against them. I do truly, really like all four of those characters, but it just reminds me of R.I.P. Scream, the MTV series, and the Lakewood Six, and the core four will never be the Lakewood Six, but it's fine. Um, (laughs) I completely agree. I think Sam's character was very flat. They focused heavily on a very bizarre part of her identity for the entire runtime of Scream 5, which I wasn't super fond of, but thankfully got kind of pushed to the side or not as focused on in this one. Oh, also um,
0: just to interrupt you really quick um yeah there are not gonna be spoilers about scream 5 even in the spoiler free section for scream 6 so if you haven't seen scream 5 you should just leave we can talk about sam's character thing i think that's fine
1: if you're listening to the sixth part of a movie franchise if, if you have not seen the first five and you skip straight to the sixth review what the fuck are you doing go away yeah um so that's yeah, your so Riley
0: own. is is talking about the fact that Sam is Billy Loomis's uh, child. And so a big part of her character in Scream Five is her dealing with this like realization that her biological father is a serial killer. It continues over into Scream Six, this kind of dealing with your past and your trauma and, you know, your lineage.
1: And I do like what they have done with that a lot better in this one. Um, right. In terms of because her and Tara played by Jen Ortega are half sisters, so they don't have the same dad. And I like what they're doing with their relationship as well. Mindy and Chad, always my favorites in this. I was very worried for both of them because if we are mirroring Scream 2 in this one, that's when Randy dies. That's when and that's their uncle yeah. canonically in the franchise and they're my oh, yeah. favorites, so I just assume that they're the fan favorites. So I, w- I was very worried for them.
0: You should be worried. I think <laughs> they do a go- mm-hmm. they they do a very good job, kind of making you worried for everybody, um, especially because they do the whole thing um, that they do in every scream movie, which is let's talk about the rules of this specific movie and where it fits in. And so one of the things they talk about is this is now a franchise, so legacy characters, leads they're also expendable. So they establish right off the bat that like be prepared, anybody can die in this movie. Uh we'll talk more about the deaths um, when we get to spoiler territory, but I
1: Yeah, I have things to say. Liked
0: that? About lead up. that, but we'll talk not more right about now. it in the spoiler um, section. <laughs> Let's talk about Neve Campbell. So our Sydney Prescott is not back for this movie. Yeah, what the fuck because, Paramount? Uh they would not pay her enough.
1: How did you well, know, she, I don't know if this is a spoiler really or not, um, and if it is, don't answer and we'll wait. But how did you feel about them explaining why Sydney isn't there?
0: I don't think it's a spoiler, because I think most people going into this movie, and because her character doesn't play a part, they mention her in passing to explain why she's not there. But I think it was it was fine. Um, I actually like the idea of them moving away from having the legacy characters in the movie because if they want to focus on this new cast it's too complicated to have the legacy characters in there because they have to give them enough screen time and I'm kind of as much as I love Sydney and I I do wonder what they would have done with her character I think if their goal is to introduce a new cast and have them be the focus as much as I love Sydney Prescott, I think her being actively involved with the plot will overshadow all of their new characters.
1: I completely agree. I think maybe a cameo in the next one yeah. and then leave her alone.
0: Like just her on the phone, like giving same advice, I think would suffice. Like I'm in hiding. You know what? I've done this enough times. Um, it's not centered around me anymore. This is now you. Like there's nothing I can do to help you kind of thing.
1: It does seem like she's earned it after yeah. five in a row, where she has come to save everyone.
0: Honestly, um, without talking specifics, I kind of didn't like Gale in this movie.
1: I can't say anything about Gale right now without it being spoilers. Okay. We can
0: spoilers, okay? Um, I have
1: opinions. I don't know. There's much I can say at all right now without it being spoilers, but but I will say but you. Yes, go ahead. Five and six, interchangeably, probably my least favorite in the entire Scream franchise. But that being said, there is not a single bad Scream project, movie, show, whatever. They've done a great job with everything, every time they've made one of these.
0: Yeah, and that'll bring a nice segue into, um, for those of you who are on Patreon, uh, Riley and I are going to do some specific bonus content over there on Patreon. Uh, If you didn't see We did release a commentary like Watch Along for Leprechaun 3. I know it's a little bit after St. Patrick's Day, but uh, if you are a Patreon subscriber, you can listen to that. That segues into, uh, I know at some point Riley and I are going to do like a ranking bonus episode, and we talked about doing Scream, so you should join the Patreon. So you will have access to that. But actually, when I think about, I'm still, I need to see... Five and six again before Mm -hmm. I would decide my rankings. I think five is my least favorite. I think six for me is actually a lot higher up there, but I can't decide yet. I need to see it again.
1: Wow. Okay. That's intriguing.
0: I really liked this movie. Um, It definitely has its flaws, but overall I think I just liked it so much more than five. That for me, I was like, "All oh, right, I like what where they're taking this story."
1: Are we in spoiler territory right now?
0: I was gonna say, um, my recommendation: if you're trying, if you're on the fence, go see it. It's good. I think you'll have a fun time.
1: Oh yeah, I agree. All the screen movies, the show, everything is good watch them if you haven't almost
0: all of it's good season three of scream is uh
1: here's the thing you only watched the first episode <laughs> yeah, my friend maddie and Did i you guys... have been watching the whole thing we watched
0: is half it, still of it. On?
1: no we uh um, oh. no we finally started watching season three and i think there's only six episodes and we've watched half of it and it's not as bad as i originally thought i was just very spiteful because of all the drama with Miramax and the Weinsteins and the first two seasons getting, you know, tossed in the trash. But it, it's not terrible. And Kiki Palmer's in it. And she is always a standout. So go watch everything that Scream has ever done.
0: All right, and that moves us into spoiler territory. So if you have not caught this movie yet and you are planning to, I would advise you to leave, go see the movie, and then come back.
1: Get out of here. I got things to say.
0: Spoiler territory. Um, what would you like to talk about first?
1: I think we should talk about the obvious thing first and discuss the opening kill, the thing everyone looks forward to when we see a Scream movie.
0: Did you like it?
1: I, okay. I've seen some discourse on the internet. I hate the internet. Um... (laughs) And people are saying, "Oh, I wish the scream um, franchise would go back to having A-list celebrities in the opening uh, kills and not whoever you? these people are. They
0: are A-list. Uh,
1: Samara me. Weaving and Tony, Re- what's his name, Revelory? Yeah, like they're big. What are you talking? Yeah, about? I
0: literally like in that beginning scene where um, what is her name? What's her character name? Uh, Professor, Samara.
1: hot lady. What <laughs> anyway, is her Samara name? Samara Weaving's I don't know.
0: character. She's sitting at the bar. And she gets a call because she's like going on a date with someone she met online. And as soon as she picked up that phone, I knew it was Tony's voice. I knew who it was. I was like, oh my god. Really? Yeah, I recognized his voice.
1: If you don't know who he is, since apparently he's not an A-list celebrity, he he's in the Spider-Man movies, he's in um Servant. What else is he in? He's in a bunch of stuff.
0: Yeah, he's in the um the new Willow TV series that's on Disney uh Disney Plus uh oh what was that um Wes Anderson film he's in a bunch of Wes Anderson films oh he's in the The French French Dispatch
1: Dispatch, um um, the oh he's in the the uh, Grand Budapest Hotel I was
0: like the hotel one so yeah thank you I could
1: not he's been in a ton of stuff and also Samara Weaving what I don't understand the people (laughs) who are upset I understand that might be a little fan service if you're like a big Radio Silence fan because she's The lead in Ready or Not. Ready
0: or Not is so good. If you've never seen Ready or Not, put it to the top of your list. Phenomenal. It's so good. One of
1: the best endings of a horror comedy I've ever seen. It's insane. Mm -hmm. But I thought it was very fun. Uh, Speaking of the phone call, the second she picked up the phone for her date, I also went oh no you're going to die why <laughs> are the, you falling yeah, for this yeah
0: that's how the screen movies start um but i really like this opening scene because it's you find I out she's like a professor of film studies and she talks about slasher films in particular so you get a lot of that meta commentary that always happens at the beginning of the scream movie during the phone call kill um she ends up going outside and getting murdered in an alley this movie does something we've never seen before, which is the killer takes off his mask. And I was like, holy shit. I was like, this is, is this what the movie's gonna be? But then you get double faked out. Uh, and there's actually another ghost face killer. Yeah, Tony Revolori. He goes back to his apartment. And it's like him and his roommate or friend have, <laughs> like, they have a plan to be the next ghost face. Uh, but they don't know there's yeah, already got, like, a another ghost face that then kills him. I I like that.
1: I like that too. I like the, um, the competing ghost faces yeah. where our real killers are like, hey, we want to kill these girls, so we've got to kill you first so you don't get there before we do.
0: You know what it reminded me of?
1: What did it remind you of? I think
0: it's Scream 4 when they have the multiple stab beginnings, like at the beginning of the movie.
1: Oh, the ones that are like, in the actual movie, yeah. and then Anna Paquin and Kristen Bell watching the movie, I that's one of my yeah. favorite openings.
0: Yeah, I I think it would have been interesting for them to have had the killer be unmasked, but I think it would have been a I think it kind of takes the fun out of trying to figure out who Ghostface is if we had known from the beginning.
1: Here's the thing, I have been watching a lot of Poker Face on Peacock. Uh, it's Ryan Johnson's new show with Natasha Leone and it's basically Columbo, but now Natasha Leone is the detective. And in every episode, you spend the first like 10 or 15 minutes watching the person get killed, and then Natasha pops up and is like, I've been here the whole time, and you watch her solve it. I almost wanted that kind of structure, because in the trailers, they keep saying, oh, This kind of ghost face has never been done before. And I'm trying to like rack my brain. Like, what could they be? Who could they, you know, bring in to make this different? And I almost want that. Like, it almost becomes a whodunit rather than, or like a deconstructed whodunit, I guess. Yeah. Rather than just a typical slasher. So I think it would have been interesting. I don't know how well it could have worked, but in the future, who knows?
0: Yeah, like I think if they could have made it work, it would have been really interesting. But I could see knowing who the killer is could really take a lot of that tension out. Did you like, should we just talk about the killers in this one? Or you want to say that more towards the end?
1: I want to save that towards the end. I do want to um, circle back to the characters and talk a little bit about, because the only legacy characters that we have who come back are Gail Weathers, and Kirby.
0: And Roger Jackson, the voice of Ghostface.
1: Oh, Roger Jackson. Yeah, he's the voice. I've never seen him in one of those movies, so I always forget about him. Sorry.
0: Oh, no, it's okay.
1: But I do want to say, um, are you extremely frustrated with the fact that they will not let Gail Weathers grow as a character? Yes!
0: I I found that so frustrating. They had her do a lot of things that were callbacks to the second movie, because there's a lot of... (laughs) There's a lot of, like scream two in this movie um but like i am just baffled that i feel like up to this up to you know all the way through scream five she has had significant character growth and then they throw it all out the window in this movie and i don't understand
1: i have no idea and the only thing i can think of so in scream five dewey dies and she says i'm not going to write a book exploiting all of this and then in this film, they reveal, oh, she wrote a book exploiting all of the things that happened in the last movie. And then Sam and Tara see her. They're pissed. And Sam takes a swing at her, but Gail ducks because, you know, she gets punched in the face a lot. And she's really good at avoiding getting punched. And then Tara takes a swing and she hits her. And th- that's the only thing I can think. Is they're like, we need a reason for these girls to punch Gail in the face. Like, there, there could have been a million reasons. <laughs>
0: And it wasn't the fact that she wrote the tell all book that bothered me. What bothered me was the fact that Sam says you called me like a cold-blooded murderer like or psychopath or she called her something oh, really mean. And I'm like, I don't I think it would have made much more sense if maybe she didn't write a tell all book but she had produced like a true crime documentary series about it.
1: Well, if we are kind of following the same track that the first trilogy took i think that might be what they're going for in the third one also could be a really good excuse to go fully meta and bring the scream mtv cast back just saying if anyone wants to use that idea hmm, please do it That'd be
0: interesting
1: that'd be so much fun i just want the scream mtv show back
0: i didn't mind having gail in this movie but the fact that they they took all of her character growth away i just didn't understand it to the point of where She finally gets to have a scene where she gets to talk to Ghostface, which she's never done before. And I was so mad at what they did with her character. I was like, killer. I don't care. That's honestly how I felt. In the beginning-ish
1: part of the movie, there's that scene where Mindy is talking about all of the rules of legacy and like long-running franchises, and... She builds it up to no one is safe. Everything is so much bigger in this. And they they don't care that the legacy characters are back. They're not safe. They're going to die. You and I have been speculating about what this movie would be a commentary on for about a year. And this is exactly what we thought it would be. So for the past year, I had made peace with Gail dying in this film. And then they threw all of her character growth out the window. So I got kind of pissed. Thinking that, oh, she's going to die, but they've completely destroyed her character. So I'm almost glad that this wasn't the one she died in, but also am conflicted because I I expected her to. It's a strange feeling.
0: I think she was supposed to die, but when Nev Campbell didn't come back, they had to switch gears. Because my guess is they were going to kill Gail and leave Sydney alive.
1: Oh, but then Paramount was like, we don't have enough money. So I guess Courtney Cox gets to live for one last movie.
0: Yeah, and the whole um, franchise rule explanation that Mindy does brings up a good point of why have her make a whole speech about how no one's safe and then none of our main cast dies. None of them. They all survive. And I was like... I'm happy that Chad's alive, but I kind of wish he hadn't made it. I was like, somebody needs to die. There's There's no stakes here. Everybody survives at the end. Only the superfluous characters die. It's aggravating.
1: I'm also a little bit aggravated at who they decided to bring in just to kill off. Because I've seen enough queer characters die. I don't need you... To bring them in just to kill them in front of me. Fuck you.
0: I mean, at least there's like a good handful of queer characters. It's better than them bringing one in and killing the only queer character. But they literally just brought people in and then were like, all those people were bringing in. They're going to be dead. They're just cannon fodder.
1: And maybe is this a good place to bring up the killers? I'm trying to think okay
0: so let's talk about our new characters that we have in this movie and then that'll lead into who the murderers are because spoilers none of our main core four cast are the killer which i thought they might do but no new characters uh not technically a new character but they do bring back hayden pentier how do you say her last name Pentier.
1: pentier
0: something like that kirby kirby's back uh, so that's fun because the plot of this movie is that Sam and Tara have moved to New York City. is going to college. Sam is really overprotective of Tara. And so she moves with her. They're not the only ones who end up in New York City. Tara's friends who are Mindy and Chad, they also go to school in New York City. So everyone is in New York City and then murders start happening, obviously, and, uh, Sam in particular, is, Sam and, and Tara, really, they're both being targeted. So that's kind of where we're at. So the new characters we get are uh, Tara and Sam have a roommate. Uh, her name is Quinn. Quinn has a father who is a police detective played by uh, Dermot, Dermot uh, Mulroney. Chad has a new roommate. Uh, his name is Ethan Sam has a love interest, someone who lives like she can see his apartment through her window. That is, uh, what's the name? Dammy. Mindy has a girlfriend, uh, that's Amika. I think is that all the the new, the new I ones.
1: I think that's everybody that is
0: important. Oh, and there's a therapist. Sam who, has a therapist. I guess it's important. Who I want to know, like how she found this therapist because he does not seem. Like the right therapist. Like, he doesn't have the skill set she should be seeking. Well, to be
1: fair, it didn't seem like she was giving him a lot to work with. So, but she should have probably researched a little better because of what her main issue that she's trying to like work through is. Which I do think, okay, speaking of Sam's issues with her father being Billy Loomis, I do like that they included the therapy scene and her actually trying to like work through this issue instead of being like, I guess I'm just bad because my dad is a serial killer. It at least served a purpose where in the last film it was just like, here's why these characters are the main characters, and here's Billy Loomis's ghost. I hate the de-aging effect they do on him. It looks like shit.
0: I don't I don't even think they de-aged him in this movie.
1: <laughs> I don't think they did as much in this one. Maybe it was just the fact that you only see him in like a reflection, but I just think it looks so stupid every time it happens.
0: I felt like they kind of stigmatized therapy in this one. <laughs> uh,
1: a little bit, but I mean, if you don't take it seriously,
0: it that's your scene. fault. Uh, the The scene where she, uh, Sam finally like tells her therapist everything that's going on, her therapist is like, I'm reporting you.
1: No, that seems pretty realistic. I, a lot of the time, have to watch what I'm saying in therapy Because sometimes I'll be like, and that makes me want to kill myself. And then I have to back up and be like, not really. Figuratively. Because sometimes therapists uh, do you dirty. And they're like, well, we have to send you away now. So.
0: Yeah. um, (laughs) I thought they did an okay job with that.
1: Well, he got what he had coming to him.
0: Well, he seemed like he was a counselor that, like, it wasn't she found him. Like, she was prescribed him. And so the fact that she wouldn't be prescribed a therapist that's that knows how to deal with someone who's been through, like, a violent crime. But but that's besides the point, because he's her just there to be comic relief it. and um, to kind of set Sam on her path for, like, where she is mentally.
1: I'm trying to think why we segued into this. What was I going to talk about? Oh, the killers. But we should probably talk about the actual kills first. Because
0: I, I started talking about the different characters, because talking about the killers without any context for our new characters. There, there's really not a lot of new characters. I think do all of our new characters end up dead besides Kirby? Yes. I think so. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, and Danny. Danny does not end up. I dead. love um,
1: the dude who plays James Danny. That's interest. uh Josh Sigara. Me too. He's in a show called yes, The Other Two him. on HBO Max and he's fucking hilarious.
0: I have a lot of thoughts on his character that we'll talk about later. Yeah, so the kills. Uh, we have a lot of really cool set pieces in this movie. Um one is Sam and Tara are running away from Mask, fa- mask Face Ghostface. <laughs> <Oof. laughs> mask face. I love um, it. Sam and-, Sam and Tara are running away from Ghostface and they run into like this bodega. And you think, oh, they're around people. Ghostface is gonna stop. Nope. He goes in and just murders a bunch of people. There's a very tense scene where Sam and Terra and Ghostface are the only ones left in the bodega, and he's, like, stalking them Jurassic Park style, like the Velociraptors. Mm. Um, I really <laughs> liked that. I thought it was really good, really tense. Another of the really big set pieces are, towards the end of the movie, they're going to trap Ghostface, so they they have to get to the place. <laughs> so they're on the subway, And the group gets separated and it's just really tense. And I love the lights flashing on and off. It was, I thought it was really cool.
1: The subway scene is also especially fun because there are so many nods to other horror characters throughout this movie with it being Halloween. And you can just look around on the subway and look at everyone's costumes. My favorite that I caught was actually, it's not in the subway, it's at a Halloween party in the beginning of the movie. And Chad's roommate, Ethan, is dressed like the main character of a movie called Murder Party, which I really love. And yeah. Chris Sharp plays him, and he just followed us on Twitter. So maybe one day we'll bring him on and talk about that with him.
0: Oh, that'd be fun. That'd oh,
1: be very fun. Uh,
0: yeah, there's there's so many Easter eggs in this movie. Just everywhere. I mean, that's typical for a Scream movie, but I was like, I can't keep up with all the references. There's so many. Yeah, apparently
1: um, someone on the subway is wearing the brandon james mask from them TV series so i appreciate oh, I the nod it.
0: that's awesome i missed
1: it too i'm gonna have to look harder next time i see this but yeah the subway scene is extremely tense and amounts to absolutely nothing because mindy gets stabbed but then she survives because everyone is invincible in A this movie cushion. somehow
0: yeah let's talk about that We have a couple kills that seem like they're going to be perma-kills, and they're not. Everybody gets stabbed in this movie multiple times, I feel like, except Sam. I don't think...
1: Chad gets stabbed a hundred times, and he's fine.
0: Yeah, it's it's bizarre. Um, Gail gets stabbed a bunch. She looks like she dies. She's fine. Uh, Mindy gets stabbed in the subway. She's fine. Chad gets stabbed. I thought Chad was going to be the perma-death for this movie because I thought
1: I did too because
0: they mentioned I wish if they were gonna have Gail survive they shouldn't have brought it up until the very end but literally like Tara and Sam get to her apartment somehow faster than the police they're just like oh there's still a pulse I'm like why did they say that at all
1: I don't know I do like that they stole that cop car to get to Gail's apartment I thought that was hilarious but yeah it it must have just been an afterthought when Nev Campbell wasn't coming back because it is like, oh, there's a pulse. Guess she'll make it. And then they carry her off and I don't think we even see Gail again.
0: Yeah, I wonder if that was a, um, like a reshoot. Like, she, Gail was gonna be dead. And then they reshot that part where, where Sam and Tara Now there. that you've
1: said it, I think it was. It had to because have been. But yeah, everyone is safe. Which makes Mindy's whole speech from before completely meaningless.
0: I think it would have made sense if this is a kind of mirror to the second movie, for Chad or Mindy to have died. Because they're Randy's uh, family.
1: They're Randy's family. They're, are they the fan favorites or is it Jen Ortega? I consider Sam and Tara to be the new Sydney and Gail, so I've kind of lumped them into main character final girl. Uh, regardless, I just think the stakes should have been higher. I don't want Mindy or Chad to die, but I think one of them should have.
0: I... Agree. And Chad and Tara like each other, so they're a couple now. Uh, so don't trust him. Uh, can never trust the love interest.
1: Canonically in this series, no. But I think that would have made- Don't
0: trust Tara. (gasps) What if Jenna ends up being the killer in the next one. I actually have a theory for who I think the killer is in the next one.
1: Are you going to tell me?
0: Do you want to hear it now? Or should we wait till after we reveal we talk about Are you telling
1: just me or are you telling everyone? We tell
0: everybody. But I think it's the...
1: Oh, then wait until the end.
0: I think it's the prevalent theory because I had a thought and I looked it up and I was like, ooh, okay, other people are having the same thought.
1: Is it Mindy? Do they think she's doing it? She wouldn't have killed her own girlfriend. Well, Um. maybe she would. (laughs) No, wait, is it...
0: But let's talk about... The killers okay, good in this movie. And then we'll talk about our theories for seven. So the killers in this movie end up being like the second one. They're the family of the killer from the first movie. So in the second movie, it's Nancy Loomis, Billy's mom, who's the killer. And in this movie, it is Richie's family. So his dad, who you find out is the police detective. And then his two kids, who are Quinn, Tara and Sam's roommate, and uh what's his name
1: everyone's new favorite white
0: boy who is chad's roommate so they're like yeah we we were okay with richie being obsessed with ghost face so we supported his hobby and how dare you kill him even though he tried to kill you so the whole family is a little unstable little bit Um, i liked i liked having three killers did you guess who it was before it happened i don't think
1: i was ever trying to guess i was just enjoying the ride the family aspect is good and makes sense if we are mirroring scream 2 like you said i also think they did do something really interesting which is they had quinn fake her own murder and then brought her back later and i did like that especially because the reveal of it is so good because so much has been going on that once she's back you're kind of like oh yeah shit i thought i saw her die and then it becomes the yeah they kind of broke that trope where it's like unless i see you die you're not really dead i thought i did see her die but
0: here she is yeah it was great uh i do like the thought that like this police i know he's a detective but the thought that he could sneak a dead body into an apartment how did he i just want to know like feasibly how he did it but doesn't matter yeah I didn't I didn't guess who it was I really thought it was Kirby for and they wanted you to think it was Kirby but the only reason I thought it was Kirby was because there's a scene reminiscent of from the second one where Randy dies where they're <laughs> having Sam and Tara as bait in the mm-hmm. park and Mindy mentions you know this is exactly how my uncle died and Kirby's like huh Oh, yeah. I'm like, Kirby's a big horror fan. Why would she have forgotten that? I mean... But that's just a red herring. There's been a
1: lot going on in Kirby's life. I'm sure, you know, it's fine. Uh, They do that red herring thing with Kirby where the dad policeman calls them and is like, Oh, no, Kirby's not really with the FBI. She's the killer. Get out of there. And I thought that that's what they were doing for... You know, the reveal. And I was pissed. I considered leaving. <laughs> but thank God that didn't actually happen.
0: Yeah. I'm happy that we have Kirby. She feels like the new Dewey.
1: No one could be the new Dewey.
0: I mean, it does feel like they're kind of like supplanting our, you know, our core three from the original trilogy.
1: Yeah, which I don't mind. It's like kind of like what I they did either. with the new Star Wars trilogy. Leia lives in this one, it's I not guess. their story anymore.
0: I mean, Leia lived in the second one, and then Carrie Fisher died in real life after the second one came out, so they had to oh, rewrite the... God,
1: film. cross your fingers for Courtney Cox. <laughs>
0: um, I think she'll be fine. I hope
1: so. Knock on wood. Yeah, what, what else do I have to say about these killers?
0: I like the the stab shrine that they have, that they have all the stuff from the real murders. I was like, ooh, this is very true crime creepy. I like it. I like the theater-y fight scene at the end with the two... The two sisters.
1: I did like that. I thought that was interesting and again gave a reason for Sam to be looking into stuff about her dad, Billy Loomis, and having her use his original murder weapon. I thought that was an interesting choice, and
0: his original outfit, his original robe.
1: Does Sam put that on at some point? Yeah, she does. See, I need to see this again. I saw it a week ago, and I already forget like half of what happened. Yeah, she does.
0: She does. I just saw it the other day. She does. I think she does. She she has the mask on too, so she's like fully in her dad's outfit with his weapon. It's very Dexter-like.
1: So my friend Maddie saw this last night, and she was texting me about it. I'm going to pull up the text. Because she had a thought at the end about Sam. And it was at the very end, after all of the craziness is happening, they're all outside and the ambulance is there and all of that. And Maddie thought that it was kind of going to be like a dream sequence or delusion that Sam was having. And then we were going to flash back to inside of the theater and then everyone just would have been dead except for her. And I think that would have been really, really interesting. Mm especially so dark
0: how she wouldn't have gotten (laughs) away though i kind
1: of like that like the darkness just does take her over i do really like sam as the final girl but i think in terms of mindy's whole speech where she's like no one is safe i think that would have made it more interesting where truly no one is safe but these movies (sighs) these last two have just been a little too fluffy for me i think
0: Oh, I've, I've liked the, uh, I think they did the struggle with her dealing with her lineage better in this movie. I like it. I like the thought that I'm pretty sure the next movie is going to be about getting Sam to fully embrace her lineage and become the killer, at least the killer in the next one. I think that's what it's all going to be about. Instead of trying to kill her, make her like actually embrace, um, her father and then it's gonna be tara who's gonna have to pull her back from the brink i think ha rhymes uh anyways you want me to tell you about who i think might be the killer in the next one?
1: Oh, is that not your theory that it Mm-mm. becomes sam or sam is just on the edge and they're like we've got i think
0: sam is on the edge um and i think we've already met our killer for for episode 7. Episode 7 <laughs> is it Star Wars?
1: Um,
0: uh, it's like a saga.
1: Okay, wait. Let me so we've already met them. They're in this movie?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Were they in the last one?
0: Let me let me talk you through my theory without saying who it is and I bet you you'll figure out who it is. Okay. So this is a mirror of the second movie. There's a very good chance that 7 is going to be a mirror of 3. So it's Terra because the they're Tara half-siblings. Of... Well, That could be it. But in the third movie, we find out it's Roman who ends up being Sydney's half-brother. But we also find out that Roman has been involved in all of the murders. There's only one... If they're going to do that same thing, I think there's only one person who I think could have been involved the whole time. And that is... I think it's going to be Danny.
1: The dude that she's boning? I hope that's not her half-brother.
0: Well, because... She is not biologically related to the father she grew up with, so what if the father she grew up with, who, you know, she's not related to, but he had a child out of wedlock, and that is Danny. I mean, Ghostface is really freaking strong in this movie. Do we really think that it could have been Quinn or Ethan in the bodega?
1: Ugh, a couple children and an old man? That doesn't track. Okay.
0: Well, and, and especially... And Danny
1: is an idiot, which I love, but he could be playing it up. Well,
0: and, and something that makes me think this is because how would they have known for sure that Danny would be looking at the window when Quinn was killed? Because they would have just heard screams, but they wouldn't have seen her. The only reason they're tipped off to Quinn being killed, which she's not really being killed... Is by Danny. Okay,
1: that's a good point. And he is looking in their window a lot. We do focus on that several times. So he's almost like a Joe Goldberg kind of guy.
0: And they keep bringing up St- Sam and Tara's parents and about how they're like not in their lives anymore. So I'm just really intrigued that that's going to play a bigger part in the third movie. but Or seventh movie, the third part of this new trilogy. So that's my theory. I think Danny has been involved in all of the murders
1: if they can make that work sure i think it could be interesting but i'm not gonna speculate i don't have any theories i'm just gonna let them do what they want to do
0: we'll see but yeah that's my that's my running theory right now
1: i don't hate it but i
0: (laughs) i think it's very plausible i don't know and danny is the reason that they all get separated in the subway
1: oh and he is a big dumb idiot and he blames it on that so it's a good cover just being a himbo. We'll see.
0: We'll see if that comes to fruition or not. I think it's interesting.
1: It could happen. But then again, I feel like they're trying to avoid doing things that people would expect. So maybe not. I don't know. Also, I don't think we ever talked about any specific kills. Were there any like that you found super memorable or good?
0: I'm trying to remember who actually died. Um.
1: <laughs> uh, An- Annika, Annika, whatever her name was, gets thrown off a ladder.
0: Oh, yeah, that uh, was therapist sad. Therapist
1: gets stabbed in the face that was fine when gets murdered sort of but not really
0: Oh my god that's uh, another that's another reason why Danny might be the killer um because he gets everybody out of that apartment so that the detective can go up there and switch out the bodies cuz if not All right
1: well now there's too much evidence and I think you might be right but I I hope he's not cuz I like him
0: Yeah I do really like him uh sorry I didn't mean to distract I just remembered that That's a good set piece too no. I like them climbing across the ladder
1: I thought that was fun I also thought it was a little dumb the way that... How,
0: the, how was Annika supposed to do that when she got, like, slashed in the... her? I feel like her intestines should be falling out.
1: Well, and I think she knew she was going to die because she was like, okay, Mindy, go, and I'll just come behind you. And she had kind of already accepted, like, I'm not... I, I think it almost would have been a better kill if mindy would have made it across and then she would have like dropped the ladder so that she could not make it across and just sacrificed herself to let them get away rather than trying
0: so hard to climb across it yeah and Ghostface still could have pushed her out the window so we still could have had that fall death
1: yeah that would have been great
0: god she hits her head on that dumpster real hard
1: (laughs) yeah it was rough i i was very sad when she died who else we we got the therapist gets stabbed through the face
0: he gets stabbed in the eye which i think is
1: really similar to how west died in the last one so it it wasn't anything super new uh and then the killers are all murdered by someone sam stabs uh the detective man a lot
0: yeah, she she jumps on him and stabs him a bunch. Um what's her face? Tara
1: kills Ethan.
0: Yeah, and um Sam kills uh uh Quinn. She stabs her in the eye, I think.
1: There's a lot of eye stabbing. <laughs> There's a lot of stabbing in general in these movies, which is fine, but I wish we would just get a little more creative.
0: I liked um the the opening scene when um when tony revelori's character is back at his apartment and he finds his friend in the in the fridge i like that
1: oh yeah his body parts are all chopped up this this was a fun opening one and i guess those are the other two characters that die are samara weaving gets stabbed in an alleyway yeah uh, greg the roommate is chopped up in the freezer and then tony i think also just gets stabbed
0: Oh, this is the first is this the first time we've seen Ghostface in costume using a gun?
1: Oh, in costume yeah. using a gun?
0: Yeah, we've had huh. guns after the reveal, but I don't think we've ever had him use a gun. So that was fun. He uses a shotgun in the bodega.
1: Oh, there were people online complaining about that too, that were all like, a gun in a scream movie? I was like, yeah, there's been a gun in every single Scream movie. What are you talking about?
0: It just happens to, like, we've never seen Ghostface in costume before they yeah. would be able to use it. But I, I didn't mind it. I thought
1: that was I think fine. it makes sense. And I guess, yeah, those people in the bodega also died. So that's part of the kill count as well. Welcome to the Dead Meat Podcast, guys.
0: <laughs> uh Oh, doesn't the, does the frat boy die? What frat boy? The, the creepy raper man?
1: I don't think so i think they just leave the party i
0: only saw this two days ago and i can't
1: that's what i mean remember. is the kills are not memorable um, it's like i think they get stabbed and then she fell off a ladder and that's about it
0: mindy's death would have been memorable but she doesn't end up dying but her getting stabbed on the subway was really good yeah agreed uh, really creepy gail's uh back and forth at first i was like this is same old but then she did something really clever, which is like she called and she hung up and then called the number back and heard where the cell phone was and then shot where that was. And I was like, ooh, I bet G- Ghostface must have been wearing a bulletproof vest. Um, but I was like, that's really smart. So we should have
1: known it was the cop because who else has a bulletproof vest? But no, I agree. Gail, I wish I hope that they make her less of the exact same that she's always been in this next one before they inevitably kill her probably maybe maybe the next one
0: could you imagine quinn or ethan being able to take out gail's new boyfriend that
1: dude was huge that was the other death is yeah. gail has a it's, gigantic it's just new like... boyfriend who i thought was usher for a second when he turned around and was like oh that would make sense because isn't is usher in the faculty that kevin williamson wrote it was not usher i am just Face blind, apparently.
0: Not to keep harping on my theory about, but, like, once I thought that Danny could be the killer in the seventh one, I started looking at everyone else's theories. I'm so convinced now, and everyone's like, you know, there's a good chance that if they do a killer that's been involved since the beginning, that Danny could have been the one that killed Dewey.
1: I need to go back and rewatch these last two with that in mind to, like, see what can be pieced together.
0: But it could not be that at all. Like, it could be... They might not do the killer that's been involved the whole time, but I just have a feeling they might... Roman
1: was a brand new character, so they could bring someone else in and do the same thing without it actually being Danny. But yeah, uh, did you stay for the end credits scene?
0: (laughs) I did. Um, It was real (laughs) dumb. I don't even know what she... What did she even say? Uh,
1: The end credits scene, for anyone who did not stay... It was like two seconds long and it's Mindy in the speech that she is giving um, about the rules of the legacy franchise and just says, and there doesn't always have to be a post credit scene and then it ends. And I thought that was fun. That was silly because of Marvel, people stay until the very end, which might be the only thing I'm thankful to Marvel for. But yeah, that, that was cute. That was fine.
0: It's funny though, because like... It might be making fun of the people who stay till after, but it also just, um, it just gives another reason why you should stay after. Because you're like, ooh, they might have done a joking one once, but that means they're up for doing post-credit scenes, so I need to stay.
1: Yeah, it kind of validates the people who do stay for the end credits. And you should anyway, give the people who worked on this movie their uh, due credit as well. And at least, you know. There's a really good Demi Lovato song at the end of the movie. At least stay for that. Yeah, that song kicked ass. It's good.
0: It's a bop. Uh, any other thoughts?
1: I'm sure I have some, but none that I can uh, reach right now.
0: Yeah, none that, none, that come to, none, none that comes to my mind. I'm
1: sure when we, no we do our ranking episode, ranking, yeah. we will have more to say about all of them. So if you're not signed up on the Patreon, please... Please God, I don't make a single cent from this podcast. I have poured way more money and time in it than I ever thought I would. So if you want to help uh, keep it running... You know, our lowest tier is three bucks. So what's three bucks a month? Nothing, right? Please sign up.
0: We've got some other like bonus content in the works. Like uh, if you end up liking The Leprechaun 3, watch along. Uh, There have been a couple movies we've talked about doing that with.
1: We watch a lot of Um, movies together. So we could do that for like the majority (laughs) of the movies we cover. Um,
0: Yeah, we want to do a couple ranking series with the new Evil Dead coming out. We'll probably do a ranking of the Evil Dead stuff possibly no promises. Uh, Although I already started rewatching all the evil dead. So, Oh, I'm prepared. I should
1: do that. What are we?
0: um... Well, I was going to watch the first two so that we could watch the third one together.
1: Speaking of stuff that we're doing in the future, what are we doing next week? Do we know?
0: Yeah. Next week, we're going to do a conversation about the current state of horror in television, because there's a lot of good TV horror that's out right now and popular. So we're going to talk about that.
1: Yeah, we'll have to, you'll have to come back to decide. No, these aren't words. You'll have to come back next week to see all of the shows that we have decided to talk about, because I got to look and see what all is um, available right now.
0: And that's going to be it for this week's episode of Horrorstruck. You can follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at HorrorStruckPod or over on Facebook at HorrorStruckPodcast. And guess what, guys? We're on Patreon now. So if you want to support us and to become part of our horror family, click the link down below. And as always, stay spooky. Bye! Bye.